At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Before the show starts, make sure you visit the Breakfast store for all the sweet breakfast merch, like the super comfy breakfast t-shirts and the very dapper breakfast coffee mugs. Go there now, breakfaststore.com. People of Earth, if you can hear my voice, you have arrived at another episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Earthlings, this is not just any breakfast. This is the season three finale. Three years, everybody. So, you know, I had to bring the thunder with my guest for the season three finale. And I did. This dude is making his second appearance on breakfast. First appearance was in breakfast number two. Can you believe that? It's, wow. This is number 83. Wow. Yeah. My guest today is writer, actor, talented at everything, Zora Beacon Gaga. You know his work from popular projects like Ghosts, I Love That For You, The First Lady, and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and it goes on and on. And that's not all, guys. We had breakfast from a spot that I thought deserved a repeat visit, Phonuts in Studio City. So we're going to be talking about some vegan donuts. So let's go. The end of season three, we have Zora Beacon Gaga today on Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. I could go on a Hallmark card. <laughs> My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. Yeah, it's character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Let me screw through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. All my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's Breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Zora Beacon Gaga, welcome to the tiny studio LA in NoHo. Wow, I, I didn't realize I was number two. I'm like, am I like a founding father? You're a founding father. If, okay. if there was a Mount Rush, if there was a Mount Brentfist sure, sure. more, yeah. uh, it would be you, Mary Kennedy, I believe Tommy Beck told, and I guess me, you know, I have of to course, the fourth of course. one. Yeah, you'd have to be there, yeah. Uh, I call uh, FDR with the glasses. Is, mm-hmm. he, is he on there? <laughs> I, I don't I don't I think don't, I don't know. No, he's uh there's another Roosevelt. It's Teddy. Typical. Oh yeah, Teddy Roosevelt. That's Teddy. right. Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. He's with the with the glasses though, right? He has glasses okay. and a mustache. And the mustache. Yeah. I call the stash and the glasses. I don't know which one you call. But. Yeah. Maybe uh well, I mean they all own slaves. So Well, you yeah. Hate, you maybe hate to see it. maybe none of them. <laughs> maybe yeah, replace all of them with us. Yeah, yeah, that's it's our own yeah. Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we're taking it back. The weird thing is, I always hear that it's smaller than you think it is. I mean, sure. And it's also in South Dakota, which I mean, there's not a lot of stuff in South Dakota. I really have always wanted to go there, but I know that it's one of those places that is going to be just underwhelming. Small. Yeah, it's going to be underwhelming, but yeah. um, I want to go. And also, who's, was it Cary Grant that was running on top of Mount Rushmore in North by Northwest? North by Northwest. I believe that's Cary Grant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was there running on top of that shit. I mean, credit as being the first action pick of all time, North by Northwest, I believe. Hitchcock. Really? Yeah. Okay. Did they really shoot out there? I don't think so. 
Okay. I think because I, I feel like back then it's like they, they you didn't need a permit to shoot at. Well, like that's that. that's interesting that you say that because you know if you go on that like Universal Studios tour, uh-huh. they used to do a thing like they had a Hitchcock studio where they would have you look like you were hanging from the thing. Sure, so I don't sure. know if that was the same thing they did in the movie or yeah. if that's just something they did for. It'd be crazy if they were actually running on top of. Not yeah, pretty dangerous too. I would think yeah. at that time because you would have to see have you know they'd have to have like right. Well, the rigging that you're holding that's holding you up, and I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, those, that's a those good big cameras that they had back then, but who knows? Somebody's probably googling it right yeah, now. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Actually, <laughs> actually, it was all practical effects. Yeah, it was practical. Oh, okay. went out to South Dakota. <laughs> well, Zora, you and I have known each other for a long time. We've done sketch comedy together. We've done internet videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did your old podcast where you guys would freestyle. Uh, do hip hop rap to yeah. <laughs> to like stories that people would tell. What was that? What was that one called? Um, Dope Town Three Thousand. Dope Town Three Thousand. Yeah, you still, know, still available out yeah, there. Yeah, look, Apple, Apple Podcasts. You haven't done a new one in a while, but like I still love those shows. I mean, I would listen to all of them. You hear, it's almost like Drunk History, right? Sure, except sure. The, except the the rappers are not drunk when they're recreating um, the story that the person tells. Yeah, yeah. The, although there were there was a episode where we did. Um, we were pretty high. Yeah, you did a high episode. Yeah, a weed episode. We, is that what you called it? Well, it was we. Our group, Dope Town Three Thousand. Uh, we were guests on the show, this podcast called um, Two Effing High, and we immediately recorded a podcast right after that. Like Wait, who's our, the host of that? I'm, I'm thinking in my head who I think uh, it's James probably- Mastriani. Okay, yeah, it was like a show at UCB. Okay, gotcha. That- sort of turned into podcast. Gotcha. Um, but anyway, we ended up recording an episode of ours like right after that. And it was just, we were all super high and I can't remember which one, but you could probably tell because we it was bananas. Right. All right. Well, you know, Dope Town 3000 podcast. There go you go. Check that out, guys. You want yeah. a recommendation 50, from me? 50 episodes from- Oh, 50 episodes. Yeah, wow. 2018. That's, that's cute. 50. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Aww. That's cute. I Aww. love that for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's yeah. a lot, man. That's a lot more than most podcasts. Like a lot of the ones you'll see, they have like six, eight, then they're done. I mean, know? listen, a lot of people are, are, you know, saying that it's, you know, kind of like uh, like a classic show uh, that was ill-fated and, you know, died too soon. Kind of like- uh, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, freaks and Geeks. A lot of people were talking about like it's the Freaks and Geeks of, of podcasts. Can you think of a better show <laughs> that didn't get a second season than Freaks and Geeks? No. Or one that had more giant stars come out of it than Freaks and Geeks? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's such a, I mean, it's storied at this point, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Really, maybe it was like the motivation that those guys needed to just take over comedy eight years later. And maybe if that show had gone on five, six seasons, some of them wouldn't have done some of the stuff they did. Yeah, surely. One of those things we talk about a lot is... I guess people are tend to be in the place where you're supposed to be. And, you know, we spend a lot of times regretting things that didn't happen or breaks we didn't get. And maybe the breaks we didn't get were breaks in a positive way for something else. Sure. I don't know. I know it sounds very woo-woo. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're uh, getting so woo-woo And not right like now. not like Brent at all. Actually, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty bottom line. You know me. Oh, so people don't know the woo-woo side of, of Brent Pope. Is there a way? Am I super woo-woo? I don't know, Tell man. me. Tell Somewhere me. in there. All right. Well, apparently I am sometimes now. I mean, yeah. look, we all uh, evolve, uh, not necessarily for the better. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Some some regress. Yeah, I mean, you regress. <laughs> but yeah, I but I agree with that. I agree with those things happening. And and look, I I have a very clear woo woo side. I, I I truly believe in you know things being for you and not for you. Yeah. You you're working on so many things like kind of right now. Let's talk about ghosts. Okay. 
great show. Now, there's a British version of Ghosts. Mm-hmm. There's an American version, which I've seen that. It's great. Have you seen both versions? Are they very similar or? Uh, yeah. I mean, I definitely watched both versions. I watched the American version first because I'm working on season two. Yes. And I wasn't on season one, so I okay. can't take any credit for uh, the success of season one. But I did watch it because I know the creators from, we worked together on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Okay. And so, you know, I just remember them, you know, having to leave the room because they went to shoot the pilot. And then the pilot, you know, got ordered a series and we're kind of like, yeah, you know, go Joes. Uh, and it became this huge success. And so watched that first and I was like, oh, this is amazing. But I knew it was going to be amazing because those guys are so funny and so yeah. clever. And then when I when when I became available to to staff on it, I sort of caught up with the the English version, which I didn't know about. And I didn't know that it ran concurrent. I knew that it was okay. an adaptation, but I didn't know that it was like a, a current. So it's still running the British version. It's still running. In oh, wow. fact, we've done at this point, we're going to outpace them because they do six episodes a season. So they have three seasons, but out in the world at this point, I think they have... 18 episodes, including, I yeah. think, a couple of Christmas specials. So okay. we're going to outpace them pretty soon. But anyway, I, I watched all through it. And it is very different in a way, like where, you know, there are certain episodes that are based yeah, right. on the British version. But it's just different because it's based on history. It's based on history of that particular area. Right. So their ghosts are, you know, they have a caveman. They have a guy, like a parliamentarian, like a prime minister, they have, you know, just sort of like British specific yeah. ghosts. Okay. Uh, whereas for us, like the Joes, Joe Port and Joe Wiseman really just kind of dug into American history and made yeah. sure that, you know, we had, uh, you know, an indigenous um, right. character. Uh, we have a Viking because Vikings sort of landed on the right. shores here and, uh, you know, like a Harlem Renaissance jazz singer and a founding father type character. Okay. So just stuff like that. Now, if, if, if you guys at home or wherever you're listening, ha- haven't seen either versions of the ghosts. I mean, I would say basically the premise is people move into a house, there's a bunch of ghosts living there, and they won't move out, and so you, how are you going to coexist, basically? Yeah. Right? Basically, yeah, a married couple, um, the, the woman inherits this house from a relative that passed away, mm-hmm. and there are ghosts in this house, and she hits her head and has a concussion and goes into a coma, and then when she wakes up, She's the only one who can see these ghosts and yeah. interact with them. And so it's a show where it's like a family show, but where uh, most of the characters are only seen by one person. Reminds me a little bit, you know, like little Beetlejuice-ish. Yeah. yeah. And now this is probably, it's before my time. So I know it's before your time. There was a show that used to be on, that I used to see on reruns called Topper, which was a very dapper guy, like in a uh, top hat, I think his wife. Mm-hmm. are killed in a car crash and then still go back to live in their mansion when, when new people move in. You know, it's that t- type of deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they have one of those St. Bernard dogs or something. Okay, <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, it's every story that I've seen like that is it's just a great, I think it works. And on Ghosts in particular, the characters are so, you're right, I love that they're so specific to the United States. Yeah. And there's no way, no matter how big the characters are, they can't be made. They're just like, I buy it because they're ghosts. Yeah. And and also like what I think the show does well and, and definitely did well in the first season is really ground them in kind of, yeah, they're ghosts, but you sort of get to know their backstory mm-hmm. and like what their lives were like. And you kind of see them grow in the afterlife where, you know, one of the characters is this founding father, you know, uh, right. character, or at least, you know, kind of a forgotten founding father, yes. revolutionary uh, general. 
and you know he was closeted his entire life oh, and, wow. and, and closeted yeah, throughout right. you know his his afterlife and you sort of see him come out mm-hmm. and it's it's just this way of kind of really grounding them and following them and, and seeing them grow right. as as human beings and it to me like I, I think that's what makes the show really special because you you realize yeah like these it's our connection to history it's like yeah. our like. Yeah, there, there's this connection that we have to our, our ancestors and the people that were here before us that we could sort of like feel and, right. and, and experience. And, and that's what I really dig about the show. Nice. Well, uh, congrats. I'm glad you're working on that. I've already seen the American version. I kind of want to see the British one, too, just to see how it's different, you know, and, and the different characters they have. And Yeah, you know, they really do their own version in like even their own tone. Mm-hmm. And the people that created it, they have like, I think like six created by people that are, are actually uh from this group called this collective called horrible histories oh interesting uh, these people who would it was a show that i used to play for my students actually when really? i was uh an ancient history teacher sixth yeah. grade and it's crazy that i used to play these videos of like they would do these really funny shorts about about the roman empire mm-hmm. and you know about just like english history but we i used a lot of the roman empire videos but they were so funny and so educational and it's just funny that this group of people ended up making this show that um i'm sort of working on that the american adaptation of cool highly recommend both yeah well look you also mentioned zoe's extraordinary playlist speaking of a show that like i thought deserved longer sure and i thought was original uh you worked on that show as well yeah i mean you had uh worked on the episode that everyone was talking about yeah, the are you talking about Zoe's extraordinary reckoning? Yes. Yeah. What I got from that, I and I know this is a thing. If people are compromised, it's not their job to explain to you how they're compromised or to tell their stories for all of the people that are in that situation, right? Sure. sure. I mean, that's the big lesson. Not that I didn't know that before, but it's always good to be reminded of it. Yeah. W- what did you think about that episode in, in particular? First of all, it came out really beautifully, and and I'm very proud of of the end product. I mean, yes. it was very, very challenging. When we were breaking episodes uh, in early days in the writer's room, it was, you know, the summer of 2020. You know, we were right. in the midst of so many incredible earth-shattering moments. Yeah. In addition to the pandemic, we were right. you know, experiencing this racial reckoning where companies and, you know, organizations and everyone is sort of like, really reflecting on themselves and, uh-huh. and, and it really spanned out to people's relationships, like personal relationships. And so, you know, I thought in the room, you know, a show about a white woman learning to be more empathetic right. through hearing musical numbers, it was just sort of like a no brainer that this was a lesson that she was going to learn eventually. Mm-hmm. And her having two black friends who she was sort of getting to know uh, in in this moment, it just seemed like sort of telling the truth. And yeah, we we really we took it on, and and you know all the musical numbers in the show or in that episode were all by black artists, and we really wanted to be intentional about it, you know. Um, and but it was challenging. I mean, it was frightening because I, I think it's easy to it's not easy, but I think having distance and telling a story like that about the past is a little a bit more right. removed, where it's about like the civil rights era or you know like the eighteen hundreds or. But this was very much about like modern times, like what racial tension and, and reckoning how how that happens and how it plays out today. Yeah. And so 
it, it was it was really challenging. People were, were scared, yeah, <laughs> including myself. Like we all wanted to do do it justice, and and I think because everyone cared about it so much, and and we really listened to a lot of feedback from from the actors, and you know, John Clarence Stewart, who yeah. was the anchor of that entire episode, and it was all told. Br- I mean, he's always great, brilliant in that episode. He was though, absolutely right? brilliant, and he's such an incredible actor, and he was able to really show what would have been an incredible mm-hmm. just the incredible chops that he has and so and and everyone brought it i mean jane levy was incredible too and and kapil tall tall walker who yeah. played tobin was incredible I mean, everyone just crushed it alex newell everyone just brought yeah. it and couldn't be more proud i thought it was one of the most impactful episodes of any television show that came out during 2020 yeah. and that's borne out by like how many articles were written about it and how many mm-hmm. people were talking about it I don't know if, how you feel about this, but I think as a writer, I mean, I think that's the biggest compliment you can have is to have people, you help to write something mm-hmm. and people talk about it and discuss it. You made words, sure. it's produced into a show and then other people have so many more words about it. You know right, what I mean? Right. In a constructive and, and mostly positive manner, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know? you, I mean, the, the crazy thing is that you you don't know what the end product is going to be. And so right. that's the scary part, right? Yeah, like sure. we knew that, okay, if we do this well, it could have this impact, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, if we do it in a way where, you know, something doesn't translate, it could be dragged on black Twitter. Like right. that has always been, you know, a deep fear of mine and I'll get to that later. But yeah, you know, we were sort of kind of scared at, at that aspect. But what I learned is to, to not, operate in fear and to really go after telling the truth and and really listening to your gut and your instinct yeah. and, and collaborating and having that creative tension and and listening to perspective and you know there were just like so many conversations that we had with right. uh, like Austin Winsberg who was the creator and mm-hmm. uh, showrunner white man you know we had a lot of honest conversations in real time in the room <laughs> you know of yeah. like well this is what happens when you know my friends reach out to me and want me to explain racism to them and he would be like well yeah you know i I would talk to my friend about it and you know she would get frustrated and so you know just having that open dialogue with with austin and austin creating that space for us to tell that story was just such a huge part of it and and you know all the people in the room and and then getting to set i was up there you know for two months during 2020 and and just being able to collaborate with anya adams who directed the episode and, and having her perspective as like a mixed race person and yeah, just it, it was it was so collaborative. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, like but to to what you're saying, you just you don't know what the impact is going to be and and it's it's so rewarding and and just to hear that people were it really resonated with people. It's 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 why we do what we do. Right. As, as corny as that sounds, truly it it, re- it really is and and it's a reminder of like when I'm in the thick of it of like god, this is so difficult. This is so scary of like no, we're we're doing this so people can can really um, be impacted by it. I love that show, Zoe, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. That particular episode was just like above and beyond, just a different kind of thing, actually. You know what I mean? It, it had another yeah. level to it, I guess is what I'm thank, saying. Thank you. So, yeah, congrats on that. Before we go too much further, though, we did have some donuts <laughs> from a place called Phonuts yes. uh, in Studio City where we had some vegan donuts. What did you think about those vegan donuts? I thought they were really good. I love donuts. I am severely lactose intolerant, and so I enjoy donuts when I can have them. Mm-hmm. I like them. They're very good. I enjoyed the vanilla bean coffee ones probably the most. Okay, so let's go over this. We had a vanilla bean coffee, uh, and it tasted like 
And like coffee, like a coffee donut? Kind with, of? With, with cream. With cream. Coffee yeah. with cream, yeah. It's almost like I was saying when we were eating them, like, oh, I could just drink this with water, and it kind of still feels like I'm drinking coffee with a donut. Yeah, yeah. Like a, it definitely tasted like that, or just drinking like a like a coffee with like vanilla creamer or something like that. Yeah. That's, that's sort of like the, yeah. the vibe that I was getting. Uh, by the way, and I'll, I'll put these pictures up on social media and, and different places, my website. Beautiful looking donuts. I mean, the presentation is just like yeah. second to none. Yeah. yeah. I think that my favorite is probably the lemon. Okay. Um, you know, when you get that real tart lemon flavor where it's like, you know, the guy, oh, what's his name? On uh, the British Bake Off says it just like you can feel it in your cheek right here. That's yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's like something that I really really love. How do you do? You like the lemon one? I like the lemon one. I think my second favorite was probably a tie between the peanut butter chocolate mm-hmm. or or just the straight up vanilla. I thought that was really good. Yeah, the vanilla was really yeah. good. Um, that was part of the uh, we had the black and white. So half of it was chocolate and half uh-huh. of it was vanilla. Yeah. Both executed really well. I do really love that peanut butter chocolate, too. It was very good. And, you know, I do like the little touch they put on there. There's like the peanut butter chocolate one. They do put like a little half of a peanut on top of it mm-hmm. in, in the icing. The vanilla bean one, they put like a little coffee bean on top. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate the, the details. I don't know if you tried the banana chocolate one. It was very decadent. You okay. Know, delicious. Mm-hmm. But, man, it was decadent. And it was definitely banana and chocolate. Something about the banana adds, uh, you know, depth to it. Sure, sure. Yeah. Richness. Yeah, the richness. There you go. That's yeah. the word. Richness. You're the writer. I'm uh, the listen. I'm, I'm the buffoon. I'm Look. here to collaborate. <laughs> you know, all I'm in like I'm just in a room pitching shit. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> That's right. But I did not have the chocolate banana. Yeah. Because I like chocolate mm-hmm. and I like banana flavored stuff. Mm-hmm. And also bananas. Yeah. Banana bread. Don't like them together. Yeah. You know what's funny? I'm kind of in the same boat. I tried it just because uh, I was like, oh, we got it. I'm going to try it. Mm-hmm. It was still good. Not the one that I would order, mm-hmm. Like, but but it's still good. If you like banana and chocolate, you're into it. It, so, would, it would be for, for you, but not for me. That's right. It would be faux you, like in faux yes. nuts. Faux you. Because it's faux nuts. Faux nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Well, thank you for enjoying the faux nuts with me. I had it one other time, and when we were talking... We kind of had a scheduling thing where we didn't want to for, for like when you were working in acting, writing and all this stuff. Now, sometimes you have to kind of lock yourself down because if you happen to get COVID while you're working on a show, you're just like you're just done. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. And so we, we're in that situation right now uh, where we're trying to kind of stay safe. So I was like, well, how about if I just go pick up donuts and bring them to the studio and then we're not around a bunch of people and we'll be less of a chance of, you know, us uh, having an accident or something. So, yeah, but thank you for uh, enjoying those with me. I really enjoyed them. And first of all, they're always baked at Faux Nuts. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the ones that are fried, which I enjoy those as well. But these, if you put them next to other baked donuts, you would not be able to tell that they're they're vegan. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, I, I enjoy I enjoy cake donuts more yeah. than other donuts. If I'm given the choice, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pick the cake. Interesting. I'm probably about 50-50. I do enjoy how the cake donut... If you have some kind of milk or coffee, it really soaks it up. You know what I mean? It, it can take on a good amount of the liquid oh, yeah. to soak it up. Love that. I do that. I do love the airiness of the, you know, the fried donuts too. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, recent breakfast we had beignets, which is, you're, that's what you're talking about there is the airiness, right? Yeah, beignets. So. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, 
we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Well, Zora, you were also working on a, a show that I was digging into called uh, The First Lady. Mm-hmm. What do you take away from that show? I mean, it was a really challenging experience. Uh, it was such an honor you yeah. know, to, yeah. to really portray these incredible women from history, particularly Michelle Obama, which yeah. I, I worked on the, the Michelle Obama storyline. It was a, approached like uh, three biopics. Mm-hmm. The way that I was hired on, you know, I, I was hired on after they had like a writer's room and they kind of like unraveled all the scripts and, you know, they kind of shot them as three movies, yeah. you know, back to back. Yeah, it was it was incredible. It was it was, uh, you know, scary. And I'm proud of, of how it came out. I mean, uh, you know, the, the reviews were, were mixed. I, I think people like really felt a type of way about, you know, the betrayal of, of Michelle Obama. I think Michelle is such a beloved person worldwide and so we all have like our own precious understanding of her yeah and i thought viola davis crushed it there were talk about black twitter i mean the first episode you know the day of of the premiere i mean this scene from the first episode was was trending on on black twitter yeah in a bad way yeah you know it was a scene where you know um michelle and barack are having this really intense argument about this moment when Barack is is running for president and yeah. it's becoming very scary and you know he is a black man and it just was different for him right. uh, and and the threats of, of violence were coming down obviously a lot harder on on him and and his family anyway we really you know wanted to portray that conversation of like Michelle not being okay with it cuz she was not into yeah. Barack running for president, like she'd never wanted to be in politics. Interesting. And, and so yeah. we wanted we wanted to really be be truthful about that. And so this particular scene, they're just they're they're having like a conversation of like this is how this couple talks behind closed doors. Just a moment in of the conversation where there was some like you know some some pretty spicy language of a black couple talking behind closed doors that you know was was taken out of context and, and, you know, black Twitter just doing what black Twitter does. You know, people were making jokes, people were making jokes about, you know, just her appearance and and her makeup. And, you know, it it just, it really got lost in translation. And I think a lot of people didn't realize that it was like a series on Showtime. People thought it was a, you know, TV movie. And it was like all the things that I was like sort of scared of in terms of like having something trend on black Twitter. But also I realized that, you know, there's just a lot of people on black Twitter that just, on Twitter, Twitter yeah. in general, that just want to hate on something. Of course, yeah, you know? and that's, I mean, that's, that's just that's just that's just what it is. That's just what it is. Yeah. And so people were just saying the most ignorant things. Uh, and part of me was like, this is so disrespectful. Like the fact that we're talking about a black woman's lips right now, yeah, like on Twitter is just so insane to me. Well, and I don't think that's going to age well. No, uh, but it was it was also this thing of like me realizing that. This thing that I was always scared of having something trend on Black Twitter, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's it's like it's, it's okay. It's <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that that 
I'm glad that you, not that you had to go through it, but you got, went through it to realize. Yeah. It was everything's like, going to be okay. Exactly. It was like so scary to me and, and it happened. I was like, oh, this is just a bunch of ridiculous people on, on Twitter. Well, um, and the, the things that I saw were just like, okay, first of all, Viola Davis is one of the greatest living actors in the world. In the world. So we're not going to put her in like prosthetics to make her look like Michelle Obama. That's ridiculous. That's, you know, that's absolutely, absolutely um, ridiculous. She's portraying, obviously, a beloved person that's still very much around. So, yes, the comparisons, I guess, are going to be there in your head. But you also have to be like, this is an actor playing this character. Yeah. And they're not going to look exactly alike. Yeah, they, they are. And, and 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 it is like it, it brought that inherent challenge of, you know, with Betty Ford. A lot of people don't know much about Betty Ford. And she has like this incredible story about, mm-hmm. you know, addiction and in rehab and, and, you know, being first lady in like right after Richard Nixon. And, and so, yeah, there's like sort of a separation there. And then with Eleanor Roosevelt, obviously, you know, that was a long time ago and she's iconic, but still there's like that separation of time where we didn't live as with these people being so present in our lives. But with Michelle Obama, it, it created this challenge, but I really do, you know, I'm, I'm so proud of, of the work that everybody did. And, and, you know, I am so proud of, of so many moments of the series and I hope people watch it, you know, knowing that like, yeah, just people were being ridiculous on, on, on Twitter, but yeah, some of the episodes I I just, I I watched now and I was so blown away by the performances, not just in the Michelle Obama storyline with, you know, OT Fogbenle who played Barack um, and, you know, the wonderful actresses that played Malia and, and Sasha Obama, like they, they crushed it in their own way, but also Michelle Pfeiffer is incredible yeah. as yeah. Betty Ford. She, if she doesn't win all of the awards for, for her portrayal, like it's, it's extraordinary. And, and, you know, Jillian Anderson was incredible as well. So yep. Kind yeah. Of. I hope people see it. I've seen it. I recommend it. You know, also we don't know that much about a lot of the first ladies, you know, we yeah. always find out about the presidents, all the dirt, all the good things, all the bad things, all the policies, but there's, there's always a first lady too. And like, sure. I understand they're not the president, sure. but they still always have like, they have to live with the president all the time. They have their own things that they're policies they're trying to enact or things that they want to get done or their own ways of thinking about things. And it's, I think it's worth exploring and it's very interesting as this show sees, you know, I could listen to stories about all the first ladies. Yeah. And, and also I, I will mention that my favorite episode of, of the season was actually, it was, it was this flashback episode of all of the three first ladies meeting their future husbands. Yeah. And, and but really it was like about, who they were before they even met these guys. Yeah. And the actors, the, the actresses that, that played those women, they, they were all just so amazing and, and, you know, brought such humanity to just the upbringing of, of these women. And I mean, Jamie Lawson was, she just crushed yeah. it. Julian De Niro, who is Robert De Niro's son, played young Brock. Uh, and he was just, his energy, like he brought this, just really incredibly like like nerdy swag to, yeah. to Barack that I, mm-hmm. I thought was appropriate because that's Barack. Yeah, he's, that's pretty, he's, kind of nerdy swag. I mean, he, I never heard it said that way, but that's that totally resonates with me. Yeah, that is that is Barack. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, it was but it was it was a wild project. Like to do something like where you're going between storylines like that and not, you know, it, it just it was a very ambitious project. And, right. And, and well, very cool. Check it out. Uh, look, you work on a lot of projects uh, with a lot of other people, but you also had your own project, a short short that came out called Coney 2022. Uh, sure. Let's talk about this. Now, this is a reference to Joseph Coney, 
right? Yes. Okay. Yes, Joseph Coney of of Coney 2012. Yeah, the famous. Right. God, is it real? Was that really Coney 2012? That's ten years ago. Ten years later. That's why I did it. Wow. It's been ten years, and we so, knew each other then too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we did a really silly video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really funny. It was a funny video. Thank you. Was that the inspiration, the 10-year mark? And, and you know, explain a little bit, like, so, what this whole thing is that people don't remember or don't know. Yeah, know? so Coney 2012 was, like, this moment that happened in 2012 where basically this video went viral of this, like, white Christian guy who went to Uganda and found out that there was, like, this terrible warlord named Joseph Coney that was kidnapping children mm-hmm. and turning them into child soldiers and, com- and committing atrocities, like, truly a, an awful person. This guy, you know, he made this documentary based on footage of, of when he went to Uganda. And, and it was like the first like huge, huge viral video that had like the most views on YouTube like ever at that moment. It was like over 50 million views. And the way that this guy was portrayed, it was very arch. It was very like sort of simplistic in the way that like I knew Uganda to be and the people that are actually like, you know, have family from there. I, m- both of my parents are born and raised in Uganda. Yeah. I have been there several times. I knew about Joseph Kony 10 years before, like in, wow. in 2002. So this like, is a guy that had been around for a long time. He'd been around for a long time and he was an issue. But by the time Kony 2012 was trending and it was like a thing, Joseph Kony wasn't even in Uganda. Like he had like fled. And so to me, it was like the way that he was portrayed as this like, cannibalistic like super predator like it was just so like it leaned into the tropes of like Africans in a way where yeah ultimately it was about saving kids and you know sort of getting rid of this guy and you know charity but the way like the the ideas and sort of like imagery that it leaned on it was like very deeply problematic and so it always just a, made me laugh because people here were like, oh, my God, I've never heard of this guy. We got to do something about it. And it was like this example of like people just really getting very passionate about a thing and then forgetting about it immediately. Yep. And so yep. uh, th- and that's what happened with with Coney 2012, like where people if I mention it, people forgot about it. But as soon as you see the poster with like that donkey and the elephant and yep. like make Coney famous everyone sort of um, remembers it again. And so I just thought we made that video in 2012 just because I thought it was funny. I was like, they're treating this guy like um, a supervillain. The way that it fizzled out, if you remember, is that there was all this hoopla and like this guy, he was getting pressed and they're raising all this money. And then the skepticism came out where they found out that this guy was using like a very small fraction of what he raised to actually sort of go towards the cause. Right. And it was like it was sort of shady, and all this media scrutiny of like making Coney famous sort of revealed the fact that like this guy was sort of making himself famous in in a way, and he was yeah. like an aspiring filmmaker. And he had this sort of like psychotic episode where he was pacing the streets of San Diego naked. <laughs> And I remember that now. And yes. allegedly, like, yeah. there was a witness that thought that he was masturbating in public. And so there was a TMZ video that, like, went viral. And, and, and he was like, oh, I wasn't, you know, masturbating, but I definitely had a psychotic episode and I definitely was naked. And so it just, it, it really discredited the, the entire movement. Yeah. And, you know, it became this joke and then everyone forgot about it. So, you know... Since in the year since, I've been doing this character, this Joseph Coney character, where like if I do like I'll do a character bit where like 
I'll rap as Joseph Coney or I'll like do stand up as Joseph Coney in this way of like, I was super famous and then everyone forgot about me. Yeah. So I'm trying to make a comeback <laughs> in, like in Hollywood. And, yeah. And so, you know, fast forward to like 2021, there was a show where I was going to do with my Dope Town 3000 guy, uh, Greg Smith, and there was a miscommunication where we couldn't do the show. And I was like booked, didn't have my partner to do this show. And I was like, what am I going to do? Oh, well, I'll do Joseph Coney doing stand-up. And I was like, oh, okay, no. well, nice. what what is the angle now? I haven't been doing this character for so long. Oh, my God. It's been almost 10 years since Coney 2012. Why don't I do it in, like, this retrospect yeah. thing of, like, Netflix is doing a docu-series on Joseph Coney tw- 10 years later. What is what is he doing now? Right. He's trying to make a comeback. 10 years later, this is this huge comeback. Coney 2022, 10 years later. And so I did this, this stand-up set where I brought cameras and I was like, oh, you know, I'm here. Uh, Netflix is doing a documentary <laughs> about me. Uh, don't mind. Don't mind the ca- cameras. Uh, hashtag strong black lead. <laughs> and and so and, and then I was like, wait, why don't I make this into like a mockumentary? Yeah. And so I ended up doing another set and like taking all that footage. And it was basically like it's sort of a mockumentary of, of like Joseph Coney being like, I'm trying to come back into the zeitgeist. I was famous. I want to come back. But it's also like sort of this satire of how people get super passionate over the thing and then forget about it. Right. And, and there's definitely like he mentions Black Lives Matter of like, yeah, you know, and white people start feeling guilty about the thing and then they forget about it and, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. Like that kind of stuff. And it's like Joseph Coney's perspective of like what is happening now in, in 2022. Wow. Yeah. Well, can we watch this? Where can we watch this? I've seen it, but where can people watch it? Sure. It is on YouTube. I've just thrown it out there free because that's how the original Coney 2012 was. And so it's, it's out there and yeah, watch it. It's, it's very silly. Nice. Uh, But dark, it's definitely like the darkest sort of thing that I've done in terms of like a satire. It's pretty dark. I'm into it. I'm into it. You guys should all be into it. (laughs) Yeah. Another show that I really enjoy. I love that for you. Yeah. I love that for you that you're working on. I love that. Yeah, for yeah. You. I love Does that, that make sense? I love that for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, look, I'm a fan of so many people on this show. Sure. I mean, well, how'd you get involved with this one? It was, you know, a show that came out of nowhere, really. I mean, my agent submitted me for it and, and I interviewed and, you know, they hired me as a writer and it was a really incredible experience. Wait, so you interviewed for a job and then you got it. Yeah. Wow, fascinating. It's crazy. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> uh, it, it, it still happens. It still happens. You know? Yeah, we're so used to people having these, like, crazy stories. About this. So, anyway, I was... Yeah, so, like, my friend that I hadn't seen forever, I was on a... I was at Joshua Tree. For, yeah, I was at Joshua Tree, and they were on mushrooms, you know? And he's like, oh, my God, i got to hire you for this job. No, this was, like, so... Just, like, an ordinary thing of, like, my agent submitted my sample script... And they read it and they were like, let's interview this guy. And I interviewed and then they hired me. I mean, when I see the premise for the show, it's immediately just like, I, yeah, I would totally watch the show. You know, we're talking about people that work at like the home shopping type network or QVC. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and the and what goes on behind the scenes and the different hosts and things like that. Yeah. And you got Molly Shannon. And well, first of all, it was created by Vanessa Bayer. Vanessa Bayer. Yes. Oh, my Jeremy, God. And Jeremy Byler. I can't believe I blanked on Vanessa Bayer. She's brilliant. Don Lazarus. The kid, the, the the bar mitzvah kid on SNL. I oh, mean, yeah. all these. She's so great. She's Vanessa Bayer. She's the best. She's yeah. She's the best and and so funny and and such a wonderful human being. And it's so just based on her childhood. I mean, mm-hmm. she you know she had leukemia as a as a child, but it's 
this character that's loosely based on her. Yeah. Um, it all takes place in the, the world of uh, a network that is very much inspired by QVC. Yeah. It's called SVN uh, on the show. And yeah, it's about a, a girl that lies about having cancer, yeah. <laughs> you know, as an adult. Yeah. And it has this incredible cast and and it's very much the the, the silly, you know, kind of dark, uh, goofy, smart sensibility of, of both Vanessa Bayer and, and Jeremy Byler, who right. was her co-creator and, and also collaborated a lot on, on SNL. Jeremy Byler okay. was, yeah. was a writer on there and is so funny and so smart. And so, yeah, they made, they made this show. The writer's room was so funny. Everyone was just killers. Uh, J- uh, Jesse Klein, the showrunner, yeah. executive producer. She, uh, yeah, everyone was like incredible and and so so kind. The the cast, Jennifer Lewis, yes, iconic. I mean, uh, I I can go on and on about that. Matt Rogers. You know, Aiden mm-hmm. Mayeri, Paul James, Jonna Wilson. Like I said, the cast is just yeah, Poonam Patel. Like yes. ever, like just killers. Uh, so in my episode. I, Tyra Banks got to play like a cameo role in it. Right. And she was- Wait, Tyra Banks from Higher Learning? From Higher Learning. Nice. Tyra, Tyra Banks from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, that, oh was she on The Fresh Prince of yeah, Bel-Air? Oh, was, nice. nice. Uh, also, Tyra Banks from Love and Basketball. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She, she's she's acted a lot. No, she has. I was just, I always, I always think it's funny to mention like the thing that they did the longest ago. Of course. And then you mentioned something that was before that, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, in the same way that, um, you know, yeah, if, if I ever met uh, Ryan Gosling, I'd be like, oh, man, remember the Titans? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, put PD in. He's better than me. He's better. That's right. That's such an iconic line in the in the movie, too. Yeah. yeah. He's better. Put, put Pete in. Anyway, yeah, so Tyra Banks is so funny. I think the biggest surprise to me, like, in that show, I mean, everyone was, like, killer, but how good of an improviser Tyra Banks is. I can't take credit for like most of the things that she said in in that scene because she was like improvising a lot. Really? And it was all hilarious. And we were all just like in Video Village cracking up, but also like looking at each other like, oh my God, like why doesn't Tyra Banks do more comedy? Yeah. It's insane. She's so funny. Well, look, you're working on so many cool projects right now. And I just, I couldn't be happier for that. And they're all like, they're all things that if I haven't watched them, I'll watch them and be like, I should have been watching this, you know? Sure. There, there hasn't been any, I mean, look, there's going to be, because you work on so many things now, there's going to be a clunker, and then I'm going to put you on blast. Oh, you're going to put me on, on the blast. social media. Yeah, yeah. Just this, come after, you're, you're going to be leading the black Twitter charge. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. I don't know, <laughs> Filipino Twitter? I don't know. Yeah, maybe there's yeah. the maybe there's a PI Twitter, you know? Yeah, I don't maybe, know. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Wherever it is, I'll be leading the charge. Yeah, just be like, Zora Beacon God, we're, go, we're going in. Yeah. Hashtag taken down Beacon Gaga. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll live for that. If the moment when I'm trending on, on Twitter, just people trying to go after me is, is a moment where I'm like, oh, this is. And then when it's people that you knew in the past that are doing yeah. it, then oh. you know you've really made oh. it. <laughs> I, 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 would, I live for that. Can't wait. I can't wait for it. I welcome it. Well, hey, before we get out of here, I need to get three quick recommendations from Zora Beacon Gaga. Okay. Station 11. Incredibly beautiful show about how just impactful artists. Yeah. In, in healing from trauma. It's about a pandemic, but it was yep. written before our pandemic. It's incredible. It is great. The acting is just like stunning on that show. The, the directing, everything. It's, it's, just, it's all great. It's yeah. all great. Top Gun, Maverick. It's so good. 
It's <laughs> what's funny. The very last show, one of the recommendations at the end was original Top Gun. So it's all Top Gun right now. And Top then Gun, I had, baby. I had to shamedly tell her that I've never seen Top Gun. I've seen Top Gun Maverick, though. I mean, it's better. It's better than the original one. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, fighting words. All Listen, right. Here we go. The first, no shade, like, to the original Top Gun. It's so fun. But it's like a Kenny Loggins music video. Yeah. Like, it's just vibes, you know? But this. Great th- soundtrack. Yeah. It's a great soundtrack. But this this movie takes a, a lot of what happened in the first movie, and they, like, make a story out of it. Yeah. And it's a really wonderful story. I was happy to see Ian Gary in that movie. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, I think... He was in uh, like the two scenes at the sure. beginning when they when before sure. yeah, Tom yeah. Cruise moves to the other place. Yeah, yeah when yeah. he's like in breaking the rules. I was like, I know that guy. I know the guy in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, Val Kilmer was really incredible in it. Um, yeah, my my dear friend Monica Barbaro played Phoenix. Okay. She oh, inter- oh great. It. She crushed was, it. She was great. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, like the whole cast. Tom Cruise, come on. He's the, he's the epitome of movie star now, isn't he? I, I mean, mean, when I was watching it at the Alamo Draft House, and you know they have all those like shots of of everyone like in the credits, and then it got to Tom Cruise mm-hmm. at the end, and and we all clapped, yeah, because we we're just like, thanks, man, like you really like you really waited on this movie because I knew that movie it was supposed to come out in 2020, and they sat on it, and he was like. I want people to watch this in, in the movie theater. He's such a proponent of like of movies being on the big screen. Yeah, and I really I'm I'm glad that he really stuck to his Top Guns. Uh, made sure <laughs> that we watched it on the big screen and we're happy. Like you know, it was just such yeah. a, a wonderful moment in, well, look, in the movie theater. One of my friends is such a big fan of the original Top Gun that he rented out a theater for his friends for sure. his birthday to go watch Top Gun Maverick, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was it was very very fun. It's over a billion dollars. Love it. I love it. I love the win. I love the win for everyone. You got one more recommendation for us? Yeah. I really enjoyed Last Chance U basketball. Oh, so good. It's so good. I like all of the Last Chance U's, but that one was different because it was the only basketball one. It's the only basketball one. Yeah. It's so good. I watched watched Last Chance U just sort of for fun because it's, you know, like it's so intense. But yeah, the basketball one is is incredible, and it, and it also like it's it has a very surprising ending. It does that it's it's very very worthwhile. I always when I'm done too, I wait until the whole season's over, and then I look to see where all of them are. Yeah, like, did yeah. this guy make it at uh, USC? Yeah. Did this guy go to like Florida State? Yeah. They're, you know, and like sometimes they did. Sometimes they did. Sometimes there are there are happy endings. Mm-hmm. And that coach, he's not a perfect guy, but you don't hate him like the other coaches. Yeah. Like where the other last chance you coach like the first. Ugh, they're like disgusting people. Yeah. But this guy is like a complicated guy, but like you actually want right. to root for him. Right. It's it's an interesting show. It's a docu-series, mm-hmm. I guess. And but it's very interesting about people trying to get second chances and how they go about that, mm-hmm. how, you know, and, and the people that try to help them with their second chances. And it's just, you know, it is about sports, but not really. It's about life and choices we make and mm-hmm. uh, also how where we grew up and the family we're in, like, put us in situations that we're in sometimes. And we, can we get out of them, you know? So, yeah, well, thank you for those recommendations. Those those are all great. Of course. Uh, guys, if you'd like to get more breakfast stuff, such as pictures of Zorbik and Gaga and I joining our breakfast from Phonuts, Go to my website, brentfist.com. You listen to all the Brentfist episodes there. You can see clips from all my TV appearances in the official Brentfist store with a bunch of fun stuff. Shirts, mugs, stickers, Zora, Beacon Gaga, Coney 2022, short film posters, Eight ninety five, guys. Only three left. <laughs> <laughs> Only three left, guys. <laughs> Only three left. Just get them while they're there. That's right. And they, these will not be coming back. There will not be a reprint of these guys. So pick them up uh, as you can. Uh, enter, enter code... 
Uh, make Coney famous. Yeah. That's a long code, but guys, do you want it or do you not want it? Do you, do you want the discount? Thank you. Hold People me. of Earth, <laughs> do yourself a favor by picking up something from the Brentford Store, brentfaststore.com. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Brentfast. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Brentfast is being enjoyed all over the United States and in 56 countries across the globe. The latest, Kenya. Ooh. Kenya. So welcome, Kenya. Let's have some mandazi. That's, hey. that's a food in Kenya. Hey. Uh, uh, sema, sema bana. That's right. <laughs> nice. Is that good? Twinde. Nice. Do you know Kenyan food? Jumbo. Wow. Are those Kenyan foods? Uh, those aren't foods. I'm oh. saying words. In Kenyan? Uh, Swahili. Swahili. That's, that's, wow. They speak Swahili in Look, Kenya. Look, I, I didn't know. That's great. Yeah. This is the right person to have on the show right now Sembana. in Kenya. Semabana. Man. Look, our numbers are growing in Kenya as we speak. Five, six, seven, eight, ten yeah. people. Yes. There we go. <laughs> Trust me by Breakfast Burrito Brigade. We are just getting started. Special thanks to my studio engineer, Marco Leon. Leon me when you're not strong. That's all I got for you today, Mark. I'm really kind of low energy. Uh, Sorry. And everyone. It started out so, so passionate. I'll be your friend. Okay, there it is. I'll help you carry on. Move those uh, sliders on the board. And we'll be your friends. If you just call me and Zora. Yeah. And everyone at the fabulous Tiny Studio LA, tinystudiola.com for making me sound so good. Zora Bikangaga, what is next for you and where can we find you on social media? You can find me at Zora Bikangaga, Z-O-R-A-B-I-K-A-N-G-A-G-A on all the social media. And yeah, just check out Kony 2022. Watch, I, I love that for you on Showtime. I make an appearance in episode three. Nice. Hashtag Joanna Strong. Ooh. I have a cameo. All righty. Look out for me. Uh, watch season two of Ghosts mm -hmm. coming uh, to CBS. You could also catch up on season one on Paramount Plus yeah. and Hulu. It's a fun show. Uh, First Lady is out there too. Check that out. I yep. mean, I've gone over all these things. Yep. Check it out. Look, in all seriousness, the new woo-woo Brent wants to say, I love you like a brother. Oh, thank you. No one else I would have for the end of season three. Keep killing it. I love what we're all doing. I love I love that for you. I love that for me. I love this for him. And, you know, I love everything. All right, I love you too, right? brother. <laughs> thank you, man. Yeah. And with that, we put another guess who's back. Back again. Cone is back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back. Guess who's back. Guess who's back. Guess who's back. We created a monster because nobody wants to tweet Coney 2012 no more. They oh, want oh, oh, shit. <laughs> Brett's got bars. Right. No, I don't. <laughs> yes, somebody said that about me. Mar Marco, make sure that's encapsulated, encapsulated in time. I got bars. <laughs> oh, man. This, there's so much rap happening in this studio, right. including Brent Pope. <laughs> we put another Brent's Got Bars season finale episode with Zorbeek and Gaga. A Brentfest with Brent Pope in the old to go bag. See ya. Peace. <laughs> oh, that shit. Was Enjoy breakfast with Brent Pope. Help support it by buying some awesome swag like the comfy shirts and the beautiful coffee mugs. Go to breakfaststore.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. 
we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.